for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. It's me, Andrew, and with me is... Max. And me, Robert. And guys, this is a this is an iconic episode. This is a an episode we've been waiting just a lo- the longest time to do. Um, but before we get into all that stuff, how you doing? Doing all right. You know, holidays coming up. Yep, it's going to be a different one, but it's going to be a holiday. Yeah, we're all boarding planes as we're recording right now, and then uh, we're just going to mm-hmm. circle the country and then. Come right back to our homes here and in uh, Seattle. For quality's sake, we know we the we want to make sure our voices are coming through. So masks off. <laughs> that's yep. right. That's right. Um, and I really hope that my fever goes down by the end of this uh, this trip. <laughs> you've, been, you've been hacking really into the microphone me. for yeah. feels like an hour. Um, this episode is coming out on Thanksgiving. What a treat for all the listeners to um, get, have this in their ears right on Thanksgiving I, morn. You know, gentlemen, overlord, veterans, this is, hey, this is a Thanksgiving Day tradition. You're, you're waiting for that episode to drop. <laughs> Something to be thankful for. <laughs> Finally, you're like, honey, take the kids and go anywhere else. I've got gentlemen, overlords yeah. to listen to. Circle the block for three hours because uh, they're going to break down this movie in detail. Honey, I unplugged the oven. I know your turkey was almost ready, but I wanted to uh, plug in my uh, 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 listening device so I could hear my uh, podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know, once you... Oven. All right. Yep, had to be the... Nope, had to be the had oven. Be I know the there are other outlets, but honey, yeah. this is... Hey, this is Thanksgiving. Gentlemen, overlord's time. Yeah. And as we all know, once you stop a turkey from cooking, it actually reverts back to its uh, previously uncooked state, so... Um, Turns sorry. back into and then finally And then finally back to live, yeah. That's yeah. right, that's right. That's actually how you pardon a turkey officially. Um, all right, everybody, let's get into some... Uh, actually, before we get into movies, we've seen Max... You, uh-huh, we're uh-huh. not here for the previous uh, Terminator Dark Fate episode. Um, why don't you give us some of the, your thoughts on these Terminator movies? Because you actually did the most work of all of us to prep for this Terminator episode, and then you weren't able to make it. So let's have some of this hard work pay off. And Max, uh, give us your thoughts in less than 90 seconds. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All that work for nothing. No, I probably will do less than 90 seconds. Not much of a talker. Um when I was growing up, I didn't really watch uh, the Here Terminator movies, and I don't think that I've seen them all the way through. Like I've seen bits and pieces, seen clips, you know, here and there, but I hadn't seen any of them all the way through. Um, but just watched one, two, and then Dark Fate, um, and they are good. They're they're. I mean, there's a reason that everybody loves them. I really like the uh, the. I guess like the second one has a lot of heart pumping, like a lot of action, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of big stuff going on. A lot of explosions, a lot of like, I don't know, just in, intense visual effects and, and stunts that are, you kind of feel bad for the stunt people every time. It seems like they're taking some pretty big hits. <laughs> but it's very impressive, right? All of it's very impressive. Yeah. And that's one thing that I feel like you kind of lose in the next movie in the in dark fate where they have maybe more action than any of the other ones i think they m- might have like 
30 or 40 minutes of just straight action going from an airplane to underwater to like diving off of I don't know there's like there's a ton of stuff that doesn't stop but it never really you don't connect to it and I feel like my favorite part of the whole Dark Fate movie was when Arnold Schwarzenegger is describing which curtains you should buy for a young girl like that you should have butterflies it shouldn't be a plain color yeah i we talked about it in the in the episode but i because when he they introduce him as carl and he's um he's like i blah 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 and i'm also very funny like i was i wanted there to be more moments of levity with him like i Mm -hmm. wanted there to be more moments where like he's just being sort of casually boring and and human right like yeah i thought about that andrew since we talked and i was like think about i mean like i mean you can argue that that maybe schwarzenegger isn't the greatest comedic actor of our time but um he's definitely done roles where he's goofier and playing up more trying to be less robotic as it were so I, i feel like having any scene before they all showed up where you see him acting like a normal person would have gone a long way yeah because it's supposed to be this terminator that is literally like integrated into humanity so much and has learned and felt bad about things and like it would be great if you'd seen him have any sort of it was just too somber once once everyone got there yeah i think like the and max you kind of touched on it after terminator 2 the movies just got like three is kind of silly and then four takes itself way too seriously and then five is just like it's to the point of being kind of goofy. And then with Dark Fate, it feels like they tried to walk back the goofiness a little bit, but like not enough. And I like they were trying to bring back like the the, the heart from two, and I don't think they quite did it. If you yeah, there was some heart in there, but it it didn't have the same uh, feel, I guess. And they and they had the bad guy that. He wasn't even all that cool. He was just kind of doing what, I mean, he he did, he had some neat things, but it seemed mainly like they were just trying to one up their last time. They just kept going bigger and bigger rather than getting, uh, rather than getting better. Yeah. <laughs> they just went bigger. Yeah. And so now he can, he can be both molten metal and shape himself into anything. And he can be this like solid, uh, robot version of himself but there's no point in having the two of them and there's no point in the two of them coming together at any point it could have just been two characters or whatever i don't know it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense and he didn't have much of a personality yeah yeah i agree i mean like having robert patrick play the t-1000 like he's supposed to be very cold and and like just like a scary killer and there are points in the movie where like um i forget yeah, I forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays the the villain in Dark Fate kind of like he's he's trying to like blend in as a human in certain parts. So there's parts where it's like mm-hmm. he's kind of palling around with the people he's talking to. But like and I think that actor, he plays um, Ghost Rider in the in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I think he's a good actor. I, I like him. And like, I think he brings some some life to those scenes. But I kind of w- wish there was a little more for him to do in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did a good job in those in those like brief moments where he, he was able to shine. But like, and also maybe if it was the first time they had done that type of character, it would have been better. But the fact that it was just T one thousand again, but more, 
Yeah. Uh, it seemed weird. Rev I, nine. <laughs> oh, that's right. Rev nine. Um, I also thought it was interesting that like they chose for him to like put on a Southern accent and be border patrol. And like, yeah. it just made me feel like I can understand why rural America thinks that Hollywood hates them because of movies like this, right. where like the villains are going to be, uh, the people whose side they're on right sure. essentially yeah I don't know. yeah um any other thoughts about the terminators before we move on uh nah, nah they're good nah. they're right. good Even this new one it, it definitely had its moments what did you think of mackenzie was it mackenzie davis is that her name yeah yeah what did you think of her i thought she kicked ass i thought she was awesome in that yeah i thought she did a good job uh i don't quite i didn't get the motivation i think from her character i thought that like she really i I don't know again it was like going back to save a person who was important in the future but also it it already kind of proved that if you save them it doesn't like if you save them at one time it doesn't necessarily save them at another time like Mm -hmm. they can still send people back in time to kill that person yeah, and, it still kind of it still kind of says like no matter what something happens like this. Yeah, and so she's risking everything for something that isn't necessarily going going to work. And it, I mean, it seems like a timeline. The timelines diverge, right? When when something shifts it, and so like the fact that she saves her might mean that she never goes and saves anyone else. Like, who knows? It just okay, seems, we'll, we'll find out in the next one. I guess so. <laughs> All right, well, let's move into some movies we've seen. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something (laughs) breakfast. Movies we've seen. Uh, Rob, why don't you go first? Rob, are you there? Yeah, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I recently watched uh, Freddy versus Jason. Whoever wins, oh, we lose, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, and then I think bitch at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch um, it on Friday the 13th? Uh, no, no, I did not. But I did watch it recently with uh, some... Friday the 13th and Freddy fans um, because they were going to cover it on um, a podcast. Um, So watch that. And um, I like both of those series of movies. All right. They're not like my favorite horror franchises Um, when they, but there was some, it's magic. Huh? When they meet, it's magic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, um, there's, there's a part where that has like the most ridiculous line where, um, one of the characters is like, Freddy's afraid of fire and Jason's afraid of water. How can we use that? <laughs> and? Which is really, as pointed out, is like the writers just in in the movie being like, how, okay, how, what are we going to do? What are we, we going to do? 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 this? They fight steam, right? Yes. Steam, the ultimate enemy of both. <laughs> um, that can't be. Freddy loves steam. He's in the boiler room. <laughs> Damn it. Back to square one. Um, and then I also watched, um, on the, the dose cord, uh, a fish documentary. 
And no, my friends, not the delectable uh, sea creatures that we eat here in Seattle. No, I'm talking about the band P-H-I-S-H. Was it a genuine documentary, not a mockumentary? uh, Hey, man, any fish documentary is a mockumentary. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I I don't (laughs) Um, No, this was um, and I had a lot of uh, fans uh, kind of informing me uh, along the way because I'm not really familiar with fish at all. But uh, this is apparently a very uh, uh, egotistical uh, drug fueled time in the band's history. Um, So it was interesting to watch and uh, see the crowd descend on this little tiny town was incredibly wild it was uh it was really something but hey i'm, I'm always interested in um you know those different fandoms and, and especially you know uh, concert films and stuff like that because sometimes it's just really such a slice of time and and uh kind of a culture that was going on so i appreciated it on that level um i also watched run on um is that hulu i think it's a hulu exclusive maybe what what is run it's um oh God, I'm gonna forget her name now. She's a great actress or a great actor in um, uh, uh, Nurse Ratchet. Um, she's oh, very intense. Duh. Why can't I think? Sarah Paulson. Yes, Sarah Paulson. Yes, God, she's so great. Um, and but yeah, she's she's very intense in this, and it's basically um, this uh, Sarah Paulson. Uh, her daughter has been disabled for her whole life and has a bunch of different maladies and is getting ready to go to college and um, sort of circumstances start to occur where she assumes that something is off and that maybe she's been accepted and her mom hasn't told her yet, or, you know, just things happening where it seems like it's, she's not going to be able to like leave like she thought she would. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's very, very tense. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all the way up to like the very, very end. I think there's like a little tiny thing on the end. But other than that, I think I really liked the movie. Um, and then the last thing I saw the other night, I watched on the 25th anniversary Toy Story. Hmm. Have, had you watched Toy Story, the first one, like any time recently, aside from that time? It's been a bit. It's yeah. I, th- I think it's been a little bit while I, I, I don't want to say like a decade, but I feel like it's I don't think I've sat down and watched the entire thing in a long time. So, it, yeah, I think like for me, I watched it within the last like four years and it's like the story's still good. But man, the animation, it is it shows its age pretty, pretty hard. A little bit. I think like I still think it's like really hitting the mark on like the texture and, and stuff on some of the toys. Like it actually looks pretty good, but it's also bending and stretching a lot in the ways that like, I think they have like the toy part down more you're now. Talking about slinky, like everything you bending actually and stretching moves. Lot, right? Yeah. And I, I guess Woody is like a rag doll. So he can kind of, he can kind of like squish around a lot more anyway, but um, I don't know. I still think they did a, a pretty decent job. And um, there's some stuff too, where like, yeah, it feels like it, it, you can almost feel like how tight the camera shots and stuff have to be in certain scenes. Cause they just like, you know, they can't just like render things the way they do now. But like when they get to, um, what's it called? Pizza port, the, the pizza, pizza place. That's really great. That's such an awesome scene. And like the scale of that. Um, I liked it. I, I agree that like, obviously when you, when you look at it now, it, it's aged a little, but I still think it has, 
has a lot of charm. I think it's still from toy to toy, especially when you look at all the environments, there's, they're doing some really good stuff. It's a pizza planet, Robert, not pizza port. Pizza planet. Sorry. Sorry. Um, it also has a horny Woody. Ah, yeah, Peep, that's right. Bo Peep says something to him and he makes this really weird face and is like, <laughs> they don't, they don't Gross. call him, they don't call him Woody for nothing. Hey, classic. Uh, that's, but that's my movies I've seen. Uh, Max, you want to go? Sure. I'll just do a quick rundown since I wasn't here last week. I've got a, quite a few movies. I watched, uh, both the shaggy DA and the shaggy dog, <laughs> which I hadn't <laughs> seen before. Uh, I definitely recommend the Shaggy DA um, over the Shaggy Dog. They're both good, but the Shaggy DA is like made a little bit later. I think Shaggy Dog is 50s maybe or something like that, and Shaggy DA is um, either 60s or 70s, and it's wild. It's absolutely crazy. Am I? They have like, Sorry, go, go ahead. For... Go ahead. No, no, no. You got a question? Uh, am I tripping? Did they remake the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen? You are not tripping. Yes. That did happen. There's there's also a third movie, I think The Return of the Shaggy Dog that I didn't watch. It's for some reason it's not on Disney Plus. But uh when I was looking up to see if there were any other ones, there is also I think 2006 Tim Allen turning himself into a dog or getting turned into a dog. And it's it's way different than this one cuz nobody can hear him talk in the old movies like the dog can speak. Uh, like a human and everyone's weirded out by that but uh tim allen's just kind of stuck in a dog uh, body and and i don't know it looked awful from the trailer that i watched but shaggy da is is definitely worth a watch <laughs> they have like a a guy dressed up in a dog suit who's a dog that's dressed up in a track suit and driving around like completely wild in a van filled with a bunch of dogs. And all of those dogs talk by like taking a clip of like a two second clip of a dog moving its mouth and just playing it forward and then in reverse and then forward and in reverse again. Um, I might be watching this movie. I might be watching this movie tonight. You got to man. It's so good. And it's another example of just like wild stunts where you know, it was dangerous for everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> but but pretty fun, pretty fun movie. Um, I watched Unidentified Flying Oddball, another uh, Disney movie where a guy builds a robot to go back in time, uh, like a robot version of himself to go back in time, but then he gets stuck in the spaceship and travels back in time with him, goes to King Arthur's court, and then is just kind of like a loudmouth asshole the whole time and hard to kind of uh, get behind. And I don't know, that that one was a little bit more disappointing. Uh, wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it's it's weird. If you just want like want to pass some time on Disney Plus, then go ahead and check it out. Uh, I watched Queen and Slim, mm. which was an interesting little getaway movie little romp um yeah it's it's interesting because it it takes on the black experience with cops and and uh you know like assumptions and all of that but but also i think does it fairly well of, of showing different sides to it of like when it goes too far and what it means to people uh and all of that and it's fun it's funny 
likable characters. Uh, overall, I'd say it's, it's it's a good movie, worth a watch. Cool. I also watched Get On Up with uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah. As... The... Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it also had another actor who um, had passed away in it, and I didn't, I forgot he was in it. The guy who played uh, Lafayette in True Blood, and now I'm forgetting the actor's name. Oof. Uh, yeah. The only True Blood Spooky. I watched was um, like one episode with you when we were living together, Max, and like I think I'd watched, no, I'd watched like a couple first season episodes, and, and then Max had to move out the next day, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mysteriously, <laughs> an eviction notice showed up on his door. Um, and like, I, the only thing I can remember is like that Anna Paquin was like part fairy, and I was like, "What happened?" And he, were, you were just like, "Ah, I've been paying attention. I don't know." So, yeah, it it goes off the rails for sure. Well, I mean, it starts off the rails and then gets even worse. There's like packs of witches and fairies, and yeah. But when it got to fairies, I kind of stopped watching it. Uh, it might have also been because I didn't have access to HBO anymore. <laughs> but um, Lafayette was the best. Uh, part of that show Nel- I think. Nelson Ellis yeah Nelson Ellis Nelson Just, spelled with an A that's interesting yeah well but he he does a great job as this character interesting character and uh, he also does a good job in Get On Up uh, so it's James Brown the, the story of James Brown and uh, the people around him and how much of an asshole he is to all of them pretty much. It kind of made me like James Brown a little bit less watching the movie. Um, but like very interesting story, like a crazy life, mm-hmm. wild personalities. I'm 18 with uh, a crazy life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But hey, check Mom. it out if you're interested in James Brown or uh, Chadwick Boseman's work or Nelson Ellis's work. Uh, yeah, Max. I don't think I you. I don't think you quite caught on to my uh, uh, Cameron lyric. Uh, oh, I missed there. it. My uh, bad. Well, <laughs> hey, Ma, explain it to me. It, hey, <laughs> hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. What's up? Let's slide. All right. Ah, uh, uh-huh. I'm 18. Live a crazy life. I think it's like the first lyrics of the song. So that's all. Come on. Come on. Keep up, Max. We're talking Cameron here, man. It's been too long since I've listened to him. Apparently, yeah. we gotta. We all gotta get together after we get off our our respective flights. We can all hang out in the same room, listen to Cameron. <laughs> Maybe Nelson Ellis is pronounced Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, like Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so I also watched Time Bandits. Always good. Same. One of those classic, um, like '80s fantasy movies. That's that's just nuts. So many different weird things happening. Story, oh no, th- yeah. Um, about you know, it's a story about time travel. About, I guess, the cre- the creator of the universe and like ultimate evil and battle between them. And Is that it a Terry stars- Gilliam movie. Yes. Okay. Starring R two D two. Uh, Kenny Baker starring R2D2 um, <laughs> it's like a proto uh, ready player one where just like a it's a nexus of a bunch of sci-fi stuff did I did I hear that the sequel just came out or the recently bo- the book is coming out yeah my god well I thought you were talking about time bandits I was like holy crap I'd watch another one 
No, uh, no, Ready Player Two is what we're talking about. Well, I don't think did we did you guys do that as an episode? Did I miss it? We I think we both talked about it. But I don't, did we? I don't, did we do it as a main episode, Robert? I don't think y- so. Y- maybe we did. Wow, look at us not remembering. <laughs> um, we definitely touched on it. I did. We definitely touched on it because I distinctly remember my um, disdain for um, the race in the beginning. The the way to solve it is that you drive backwards. Oh, which is I, literally <laughs> the first thing anyone would have done. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, Max, you and I. I mean, we, and we've covered it on some video game sort of adaptation movies. Well, especially ones that are like meta. When when media does movies, it seems like they just do the most base things. Yeah, they really don't get anyone involved. Who which is shocking, just considering that like video games have been around so long. I'm almost surprised that even like a stuffy like producer hasn't played a video game and has some knowledge. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I uh, I don't get it. And it might be that they do and they just think it won't play to an audience or something like that. But that also seems weird considering how many people play video games. Who knows? It, it's just lazy, I guess. Uh, um, Andrew, any? did you do any research? Have we done? Have we covered Ready Player I'm One? I'm looking. I'm looking. Let's see here. I, I know the, that hey, sure. he had to go. He had to go into the uh, gentleman overlord's vault. That could be in the. That could be one of our vault episodes. <laughs> he has to fly back. <laughs> That's right. But I said, yeah. I said some unkind things about Mr. Spielberg, so he might have had to have tucked that one away. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a listener, so. And he is a listener, and Mr. Spielberg, I apologize again. <laughs> uh, can we'll do Saving Private I Ryan remember, or something at some point. I remember I didn't watch Ready Player One, so. I know that if it was done as a podcast episode, it would have been the two of you. Oh, we, Max, we sometimes just record episodes without you on purpose. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the, the Tuesday episodes. <laughs> um, uh, but Ready Player One, yes, that's, uh, I can't believe there's, oh, I can believe there's a, a sequel book coming out, but I think I saw a little excerpt from it and uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> Yep. I will probably read it just because I'm I'm fascinated what what else they think they can tell with that. What what story. things are from the internet now they're going to incorporate and be like, we forgot <laughs> to mention last time, but this was a big deal too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be player two breaks the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of of course I put on my Miles Morales costume. Uh, as people realize that was a very popular uh character after the first book. Um <laughs> Yowch. Youch, youch. All right. Uh, I also watched Ford versus Ferrari with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Uh-huh. And it's about cars, but it's- I'm driving a bloody car. <laughs> That's, That's my favorite line. My favorite line of his. Uh, it's interesting because Christian Bale plays kind of an asshole, so I can uh, get behind that. Um, Christian Bale- after his tirade, I kind of think about him differently, but he also does a good job of playing. He's like an asshole to people he doesn't like, people he doesn't have any patience for, but very nice to the people he cares about in his life. Uh, for the most part, he all, is also an asshole to some of those people too. Um, but it's interesting. It's It's got uh, like racing that's fun to watch because it doesn't revolve around the racing. It revolves around the people who are in the driver's seat and the, the people they care about and that kind of stuff. The, the same reason that uh, speed racer is more successful in that way. 
Um, but I, I would recommend watching it. Um, interesting story based on a true story. Sometimes that can fall flat, but I think they did a good job with this one. Then uh, also watch Stardust. Have you guys seen that? No. Got Michelle? Hmm? Yeah, I think I started it, but I don't think I finished it. Oh, you should watch the rest of it. It's weird. It, I feel like, nails that same uh, feeling of movies like Time Bandits and Labyrinth and Legend and uh, Land Before Time. Not Land Before Time. What am I talking about? Neverending Story. That's the one. Where it's that 80s fantasy where it's just kind of strange and uh, in like creative worlds that are different than ours. Like, I guess Harry Potter kind of touched on it, but it feels different. It feels like kind of uh, more of a modern thing. But Stardust really feels like it could have come out in the 80s. It just has better video quality. Oh. And right off the bat, it has some really bad CG, but it doesn't. It doesn't uh, lean too hard into that. A lot of this stuff later, they, they tone it down. But it's really good. It has Charlie Cox, Daredevil, and Claire Danes as the two main characters. And then they also, and then Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of like the witch villain. And Robert De Niro is this sky pirate. And the movie's very fun. It's a great watch. I really recommend it for anyone who wants to get that feeling, but I've already like watched and rewatched all of those movies from the eighties. And then the last movie that I watched is called the Sapphires, which is about a uh, group of Aboriginal women from Australia uh, and a drunken white guy who get together uh, to form a band that goes playing in Vietnam uh, for the the troops over there during the Vietnam War, and it's kind of uh, it's a cute movie and it's fairly light-hearted and it's mostly about the like the interplay between the sisters and cousins who are in the band, um, and uh, they're all very charismatic and and. Uh, interesting people. Uh, I do think it falls a little bit flat being placed in Vietnam, but um, not really portraying the brutalities of war where uh, it, it seemed a little bit tone deaf. And it has some of it. It does have some of that uh, death and destruction and all that stuff, but not towards the Vietnamese people, which I think is strange. Like, as an occupying force, the only people who are injured are on the American side, and they don't really show any Vietnamese people at all, really. There's a couple of scenes with it, but it just kind of feels like having that setting and not addressing that setting. Uh, it may as well not work. be in Vietnam if you're not going to talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, they do, but they only from one side. So it just feels like with what we know now and probably what a lot of people knew at the time even that it just is not cool to ignore the the other half it's kind of the elephant in the room the whole time sure another negative about the movie is that it's a weinstein production and Yikes. it's got harvey weinstein's name on it another thing that didn't age very well 
I feel like a lot of stuff does, though. Yeah, that's true. And, I, you know, there are a lot of people involved in that and, you know, uh, doing a lot of good work and stuff. So can't really uh, put it on, on them for what, what he did. Sure, sure. And that's the last of the movies I've seen. Ow. Cool. Yeah, I, quite a big list. How about you, Andrew? Uh, as we, uh, yeah, I watched Terminator Two. Um, I've talked about it, or I'll talk about it on a future episode of uh, my other podcast, Throwback to School. And you talked about it earlier, so not a ton to say about it. I also we also watched Ocean's Eleven recently, Ooh. and uh, it's a it's a fun a fun heist romp. And uh, watching Brad Pitt eat on camera, always a delight. And um, mm-hmm. every other cliched thing that's been said about the movie, I agree with. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen all of the Oceans movies? Yeah, I've seen Oceans 11, 12, 13, and 8. But Was I there a 13? Huh? Yep. Oceans 13? Ocean's there was an 13. original trilogy and then the start of a new trilogy. Yeah. Huh. Um, I forgot that I, I watched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, and that has a scene of brad pitt eating where he makes macaroni and cheese in the pot and he never he never transfers it to a bowl he just eats out of the pot i think that's a cool move honestly (laughs) as somebody who's like made mac and cheese and just eating out of the pot because fuck i'm gonna eat the whole box anyways might as well just eat it from the pot and not waste a bowl i'm sadly to a point where i'm not sure i can do a whole box on my own anymore but hey i never thought wives are for man (laughs) i never thought i'd see the day dude you've given in feeding your wife um, for better, for worse, and uh, you got to share that Mac. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's about it for movies I've seen. So why don't we switch to do 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 TV shows we've seen. We've seen. We've seen. What? Whoa! Hey! So, uh, <laughs> do 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 do. Rob, we have you watched any TV? Yeah, I think the main TV I watched was. Uh, been rewatching a bunch of children's hospital Ooh, good choice so funny everyone is so funny in it i feel like i can't like it, it just goes without the saying the whole the whole cast uh brian husky as um the creepy uh, ambulance driver is mm-hmm. always so funny even mm-hmm. though he's like not in like a ton of it does like he steals all the scenes um rob hubel though rob hubel and um ken marino are just riots like mm-hmm. they're so goddamn funny in that um and same thing with um Megan Mullally and and Lake Bell and, and everyone in there but it's it's just been such a delight plus the fact that like they're really really fast seasons it's like they're it's all 11 minute episodes so it's like a super quick binge um I was actually watching an episode from 2016 recently and a man from the future appears to help them heal someone. <laughs> and then before he leaves, they're all asking him questions and they say, who's our next president going to be? And he says, Joe Biden. And they're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it's been, it was been a fun rewatch and Rob Cordry is the one who he plays the, the clown doctor in the show mm-hmm. um, and created the show. But um, he didn't like, you know, write or direct all of them. And, and David Wayne is heavily involved. And there's just like a ton of um, just a ton of really funny character actors in there. It's it's so worth checking out if yeah. uh, if, if people haven't seen it yet. It's six, five or six. Yeah. And and like the first season is like might even be shorter than the other ones. They might be like four or five minute episodes or something. But then it switches to, yeah, like the kind of like the Dilt Swim sort of 10, 11 minute format. And um Oh man, it's it's so worth going 
going back and checking out. It's so funny. And wh- where are you watching it? I think I, um, I would like to watch it. You can watch it on adultswim.com and also uh, Hulu, I think, you can watch on. Hulu. Um, there's the episode... Andrew, have you have you you've watched it before? Or mm-hmm. you either of you watched any of it or mm-hmm. some of it? Mm-hmm. Um, the Nick Offerman plays um, Rob Hubel. You talking about this former sol- police partner? The September 11th episode. I don't remember if that's which one is that. It's the it's it's like very early in the run where um it's what it's the episode where Rob Hubel explains mm-hmm. why he quit the police force and it's because he and Nick Offerman got into an argument over whether it's September 11th Uh-oh. or September 12th. Was, yeah. Can you hear me now? Hello? Mm-hmm. Robert, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh-oh, it's happening again. Oh, God. Um, this whole thing. So, September 12th, so the, September 11th, and then Robert leaves. Yeah. Um, they get into a, an argument over whether it's September 11th or 12th. Yeah, we can. Hello, hello. Testing. Oh no! And we're back, Robert. You were talking about uh, Children's Hospital. Continue your Children's thoughts. Children's Hospital. Sorry about that. Yes, I think I my connection dropped. Um, but anyway, I, I I highly recommend the show. It's super duper funny. Um, there's I think I I might have mentioned there's already a ton of um, really funny character actors on there. And um, the other detail I really like that they <laughs> they eventually I think fly to actors to another country for is they keep sort of mentioning that the hospital, which is just seems like a typical American hospital is actually in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And um, they do eventually have a moment where two of the doctors are like walking around Rio and getting like churros and like saying, and like walking around the scenery being like, Oh, here we are in Rio, you know, in Rio, like where the hospital is uh, like, <laughs> which is very funny. I was, um, I, the, the scene I was breaking up while after you, or while you were dropping out was, um, it's an early episode where Rob Hubel and Nick Offerman are, are cops together and they're showing why Rob Hubel left the police force. And it's mm-hmm. that they're having a disagreement over whether or not it was September 11th or September 12th. <laughs> and like, you know, like I, I think it's like Rob Hubel's watch is off or something. And so like, he's, he's like adamant that it's September 12th and Nick Offerman's telling him, no, it's September 11th. And then like, as they're fading out to, you know, like flashing back to the, to the present, like Rob, he will just quickly just goes, I quit. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole, there's an episode where chance Briggs, which is Nick Offerman's character comes back and has to infiltrate the, <laughs> the imaginary friends. Ward. Like, well, there's that one, but there's one where like, there's a wing of the hospital. That's like for like the mentally insane, like, children the deranged children yeah so i just love that like from episode to episode they add like whole wings of the hospital Mm -hmm. that no one has referenced before it's so so funny um but anyway that's that's the main tv i've been binging and that's uh at max especially if you haven't uh had a chance to check all that out i feel like i've seen maybe uh season one and two perhaps but i don't think i've seen all the way up through yeah jump jump in and just binge it it's so funny will do max what about you any tv yeah, I finished up season four, uh, the final season of Mr. Robot, and uh, it's good. That I, I really like that um, series. It kind of goes off the rails and does some weird stuff, but I do think that it ends up paying off. And I think that's a hard season, a hard, hard series to end, but I feel like they did it a fairly good job. Um, yeah, it's it's 
it's strange, but it feels smart. It feels good. Um, and really good performances. Uh, the whole show, I, f- I feel like somebody watched Fight Club and wanted to kind of continue along with it, mm-hmm. w- with the end of Fight Club. It feels like a sequel to Fight Club. So you're saying like any college guy in like the late 90s? <laughs> exactly. It, I mean, that had, that had to be the birth of this show. Hey, uh, hit me as hard as you can. Uh, it's me, uh, Christian <laughs> Slater. <laughs> Youch. Star of the new Shark Boy and Lava Girl 2. Is he? That's right. I don't know if he's a star, but he's in it along <laughs> with uh, well, another show that I watched uh, star Pedro Pascal, who's also in The Mandalorian, which this <laughs> the current season I'm catching up on and mm. am very excited about where it's going. Mm, are you current, current? We won't say, we won't spoil anything, but. I am, I am current, current. Ooh. And, yeah, this last episode was. was Pretty neat to see, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for anyone who hasn't watched it, that should get you excited, right? Like, yeah. Now you us, know there's us something. Us vaguely referencing is something. <laughs> it's good. I, I really it like the way they do it. Here's okay. We might not have talked since one of the earlier episodes. The season two, episode one, they go to Tatooine again mm-hmm. and they have. Like they deal with the Tuscan Raiders, um, native native Tatooiners. Thank the you. Native Tatooiners. Mm-hmm. Native native tattooed wieners. Yes, that's the uh, proper way. That the other one's a slur. You're just calling them <laughs> Tuscan Raiders because they one time raided Tuscan. Fuck you. Oh my gosh! At least it's not sand people. Like a genuine racial slur. <laughs> uh, now sand people, I like. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. But there's, there's, okay, so like after I watched this, I watched a bunch of Easter egg uh, videos to see if people had caught this one thing. There's a clip, like there's a part of it where they show just a group of the, not Tuscan Raiders, whatever you call them, the, the native uh, Tatooiners. Thank so, you. <laughs> so in this group of Tatooiners, the shot starts with uh, just a close up of one of their faces. And then it kind of like uh, pans over to the rest of them in a group. But in that one shot of just the one face, they do a weird thing where they like um, reverse the video. So they, they play it one way, they play it backwards and then they, you know, play it forwards again, just very quickly, just for about a second or two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. This is one of like the nerdiest references and i i'm pretty sure it's got to be dave filoni just like throwing this in here in the edit room but uh after one of the tattooiners in a new hope knocks luke over with his gas i know seat, what you're talking about he, he lifts up his arm and yells his donkey yell yeah like a it's like a repeated motion exactly because he lifts his in when they shot it that- he only lifted ar- his arm up once but uh, in the editing room, they have him lift it, his arm up twice. And Max. so as a weird reference to that, just at the beginning of the shot, it's just a group of them hanging out. But they show the um, the tattoo wiener looking off in the distance and his it like a very awkward movement of his head as they they reverse it and play it forwards again. Oh, it's so good. All those little weird moments. And I didn't hear anyone else talking about that. It wow. com- seemed to completely go unnoticed, even with all these other nerds. 
but very fun. Mandalorian is full of those things. I'm sure no matter how much of a Star Wars fan you are, there's got to be like 10 or 12 things per episode that you didn't even notice that were connections to other episodes. Well, oh, and, and no spoilers, so but do you hear on the, or see on the very latest episode, there's just like maybe like a crew person in the background. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, there's like a shot down a hallway and you can see like a guy's wristwatch and like his shorts and he's just like poking out of the frame. Oh, nice. <laughs> but I, I hope did. they I hope they build him off of that part of him, his body. <laughs> and it's like some like smuggler or someone who's like in there. Oi, what's going on in here? I'm a Star Wars character. He's going to have like a whole backstory from from here on I out. I mean, they, that's what they did with the, the guy with... Um, the ice cream maker and empire yeah. and every, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's star Wars. That's, they should do it. I know. I love it. And then I also, also one thing that I heard, I think it was last episode, but Jan, I think her name is Janine Gavanka or something who played Iden Versio in the battle, uh, battlefront two game. Mm-hmm. Uh, she happened to be controlling the nostrils of one of the Mon Calamari characters just the nostrils because like i think there are there are three three people working on each mon calamari character where there's the person who's actually dressed up on set there's a person doing the eyes the like blinking and and shifting the eyes and then another person controlling the 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 nostril nostril. wrangler and so she (laughs) she knew the uh the puppeteer and uh got involved controlling the nostrils of this this That's a shame. Character. They should have hired a professional. I noticed the nostrils were not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Like, that sucks. They, they flared, but at the wrong time. Yeah. I, I can tell the breathing patterns of a Mon Calamari from uh, 12 parsecs away. So you'll <laughs> have to try better next time. Well, that long or that far. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I've also been catching up on Great British Bake Off. It's finals next week or oh this week, God. I suppose. This Friday. So. We won't, we'll that's see. another no spoilies, but that was a shocker last week. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I've got my favorite now uh, for the win. I also went through the whole series, whole two seasons of Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, people have been talking it up, and it's fun. I, I think especially early on, it's really nice seeing things from the... Uh, the other side yeah from the, the like 80s villain side what what would be going through the head of somebody who is just that asshole right and it huh. kind of does a good job of uh kind of painting life in a in a certain way you know like every every bully that someone's experienced probably had something going on in their life a reason why they were such an asshole and you only and got someone to was see... like, hey, don't worry. No one will ever try and sweep your leg. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you only get to see that side of them, right? Like, especially if there's... Does some... that fundamentally change the way that Karate Kid feels to you? Uh, I would have to go back and rewatch it. And I keep feeling that way. Like, huh. oh, I should go and, and check it out again. But yeah, definitely... I would, lo- I would love a report, Max. In, <laughs> in this new series, I feel like uh, Danny Root Danny LaRusso is quite the asshole, like maybe even worse than, uh, Oh yeah. It looks like, like he got the cope, the Cobra's bite. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps doing like rich asshole tactics where he's just got everything, but still a chip on his shoulder for no reason. And like swinging his money around doing whatever he wants to do. It's, 
Like he's his like, money's he's... on nunchucks or something? Exactly. Oh, you know okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, nunchucks. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've been enjoying that. I think maybe the first season was better than the second. And I agree it's, with that. It's getting kind of nuts. But uh, I'm still I'm still interested in it. See where it goes. Yeah, I think like the first season is like I think it is like perfect on on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I think the first season is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and mm-hmm. the second season is like if if the first season's a hundred, the second season's like 90. So it's like it's it's not bad. It is just like a little bit worse than the first season. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So and, it's a good ass then- show. I'm I'm excited about future prospects too. They they kind of dropped a hint that a, a character from the original show or original movie might be returning mm-hmm, for the next mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Miyagi. Yep, back from the <laughs> dead, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the one other show that I watched was an oldie but a goodie, uh, a BBC show called Jonathan Creek. Which is it's a predecessor to Shit's Creek, but uh, wah, wah. about a... Lord Jonathan Creek, or or as my mom was postulating, maybe Don, Dawson's Creek as well. Oh, see, me and your mom on the same wavelength. Exactly. Uh, it's kind Please, of like Jonathan Creek is my father. Call me Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> and my son here is Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Jonathan Creek is similar to Sherlock in that it's kind of like a, a mis- murder mystery where one character is Jonathan Creek is really good at figuring it out at at uh, taking in the clues and putting piecing things together. He's a uh, an assistant to a magician who happens to be Giles from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. Uh, and so he kind of creates the illusions that Giles does on stage. Um, and he kind of gets involved with a journalist who is trying to solve this mystery. And they they figure it out and they end up solving other mysteries together. Uh, and so I, I just caught up with season one. But it's, it's interesting because I watched this as a kid, I think, on PBS. And probably back then you couldn't really watch anything you know, as a series, you just watched it whenever the episodes were on TV and like there was not really the continuity, but like uh, Dragon Ball, like Dragon Ball. Exactly. The, the one one show that did that. <laughs> um, but you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one. It's good to get back to it. And I think it it does Sherlock in a way where he's he's awkward, but um not quite as much. He's still a bit of an asshole, but not quite as much of an asshole as, as Sherlock was in his show. Wow. Yeah. My, and Andrew, how, what, what have you watched? Uh, the f- series finale of Supernatural aired last week. And uh, um, yeah, it is. I was thinking about it. I've, I don't think I've ever watched a show for that long where I kept up with every new episode as they came out. 15 yeah. years of a, of a show is quite a long time. Um, yeah, the finale, I, I don't want to get into too many spoilers of it just because people who haven't watched it or, you know, whatever. But um, they did the best they could with the circumstances dealt, which was that they got most of the way through filming season 15 when COVID 
struck. So the entire like back six episodes or maybe five episodes or something are like they had to do a lot of new shoots and reshoots just to kind of get stuff in before um, just, you know, in a in a timely manner. So there's half of season 15 that they had finished before COVID and then the last half they had to, you know, film new stuff or do reshoots with COVID restrictions. So I think the finale... Whereas I think without a pandemic, there would have been like a lot of returning characters and returning actors and things like that. Like the last episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. And they all end up in jail. Um, (laughs) But um, hell jail. Yeah. Um, But the way it ended, I think, was they did sort of the best with what they could have. So it's not necessarily the most satisfying ending of especially a show that went on for so long but you know considering that i think a lot of people felt like the show kind of petered off towards the end and i i i disagree i think it it kept a good quality for especially for the last couple years but um yeah it's tough to 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 come down on it really hard just because of everything that happened with covid but um yeah so long supernatural you're out of here might have benefited from that bringing just like having the last episode just be character cameos or do you think it got hit more for not being able to introduce those characters i you know my my feeling is that there would have been it wouldn't have been like you know like a bunch of characters lined up saying goodbye to the two characters or whatever but i think like there would have been just at least some like acknowledgement of certain characters that have been around for 10 years or 15 years just to like, you know, have them like see you be able to like see them one last time on screen. Uh, You know, there, I think there would have been that, but instead they should have just watched like a clip show. (laughs) Yeah. They just should have like clicked on a TV and they were watching their own show and that there's like, or like the, the supernatural brothers are like at a stoplight and then they like turn and it's like, it's been a long day. Without you, my friend. And it says like every other character they couldn't get in during COVID in that car yep. or next to them. <laughs> that's a good, just a great, that's a really great idea. And like, it's a clearly footage from the show of the, like, yeah. from different, like the background kind of yeah, fucked different up. Different qualities, yeah. different. Yeah. Like, and, great. uh, and also it's, since it's supernatural, it's like, I don't know, like a monster car. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, that's a great idea, Robert. I'll, I'll see if I can get a, a hold of hey, Jensen. Yeah, forward, and... forward this and see if they can do like a special edition yeah. uh, of the episode. Now there's a good idea. Um, so yeah, that is, that's the TV other than, yeah, I watched the Mandalorian as well, but we can talk about that maybe on a future episode or something. But in the meantime, boys, let's get into it. Let's go girls. We got ourselves an <laughs> X-Men fan. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? You must know who they are and above all, what they can do. I'm Professor Charles Xavier. I'm the Guys, we watched New Mutants. The New Mutants. Finally, we did it. Um, the new <laughs> Mut- Hallelujah. The New Mutants. It came out. Um, guys, New Mutants. <laughs> how long was this movie in production hell? Like five years? It's three. I want to say three or four. Like, I think it was like they filmed it in 2016 or 17, I think. I um, think that's right. I think I looked it up after I said seven years, that it's only had seven years. I yeah. think that it did start before that, like maybe 2000, 
15, 16, where they came up with the idea. It was, and it was like writing. production and like kind of writing, but I think like actual filming, I think was like, yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, so we, we finally got to see it. It went through rewrites, reshoots, re-edits. Um, it went through mm-hmm. multiple, uh, went through an acquisition. It went through um, a fine, you know, just so many different things for it to finally happen. It got pushed back. It got, you know, eventually now it just, um, it came out finally. Did this get a theatrical release or was this just uh, purely yes. digital? It was, it, yes, it did get released in theaters during a pandemic. Ah, great. Um, <clears throat> so new mutants. It is, this is, so this was described as a, uh, a horror movie, a superhero horror film, and it didn't do well. It's not well received. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but watching it, I didn't hate it. Yeah. How about you yeah, guys? It, it was so um, negatively hyped that I feel like it just being a competent movie made it okay yeah i agree i agree with that i think like there are obvious like there are obviously problems with the movie and we'll get into them but when i hear about a movie that goes through like so much production hell and the fact that like disney just it just felt like they kind of just dumped it out that like you know i'm not i wasn't expecting to see like a boom mic in the shot or you know whatever but like it's unless the mutant boom mic was in the movie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but it's not. Hmm. I don't know. It's just it's not ter- like it wasn't terrible. And like it's Ro- Robert, Robert seems to yeah, disagree. I think he wasn't it? it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, maybe it's not like it's not the worst thing we've ever seen. It's but the- I thought it was pretty disappointing. I think like it's also. I mean the. I would say it's it's disappointing in that I was expecting like a true mess of a movie and what we ended <laughs> up getting was I don't know honestly middle of the pack for X-Men movies and like um oh. I, I would mean, rate it I have a, a more negative opinion of the X-Men movies I would rate it among the better of the X-Men I, movies I I mean like I'm not wow. I'm not going to disagree with you I it's definitely better than like Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse and uh, Last Stand and, and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like, it's obviously not better than Logan, right? It's, it's... Yeah. I don't know. I know you hate... Now, hold on. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> let me make a point. Um, it's better than... But, like, I don't know. Like, uh, it, the, story's, the story is weak. I think it suffers a lot from the studio trying to promote it as a horror movie. I think a lot of people didn't see it because of its, like... It, like it's weird insecurities about like want it wanting to be a horror movie when it's it's not like the the one I rented the version I rented whatever it was like on Google or whatever said like the terrifying X Men movie and I was like man this copy might not be so good because I don't know about you guys but I didn't find it scary at all no I, I yeah I think it's um it, it's at best a it's a superhero movie with like uh, there are some like slightly scarier than other superhero movie visuals 
right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, it's not yeah, we'll, like... We'll get into it. There are definitely, there's a couple moments that I was like, oh, that's scary. That's creepy. But sure. like... But like, it's not, I would never like, as, and this is coming from somebody who is a fucking horror wimp. I would not classify this movie whatsoever as a horror movie. True. Um, no, I, it's got horror elements, but yeah. Sure. So the, the cast of the movie, we've got Wolf's Bane, which is played by Maisie Williams uh, from Game of Thrones. So we have Game of Thrones, The Queen's Gambit, uh, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. all represented in this movie. So um, Anya Taylor-Joy plays uh, Ileana, who is magic, who is from The Queen's Gambit. Uh, Charlie Heaton, who is from uh, Stranger Things, he plays Cannonball. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Uh, Mirage and Sunspot are also in this movie, uh, rounding out the the kids. Um, Robert, Robert, what was your? You seem to react uh, a little hesitantly about uh, Anya Taylor Joy. I, I I was a little disappointed because I forgot that she was Colossus's sister, and she's uh, real racist in this movie. <laughs> it was a bummer. <laughs> But uh, it was just funny to me, too, because she her star is rising so much and she's like in a bunch of stuff. And like the fact that this has been on the shelf for so long is like maybe this is the best thing for them to have released this now as far as her being in the movie. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Timing wise, that is. I mean, it was unexpected that she would like the queen. Everyone's into chess. uh, The end of 2020. It's the year of chess. That's right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she's slated to be uh, Furiosa in the prequel, right? In the is Mad she? Max prequel, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I just don't think there needs to be a prequel. I don't know. Oh, I or if there's that. a prequel, yeah. like have Charlie Theron just be a little bit younger. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, hey, that's another another movie. So the the plot of the movie is that these are young mutants who are being kept at this facility. Um, Doctor Cecilia Reyes is running the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, she is sort of. She's told them that they are healing these kids so that they can be ready to then one day join the X-Men. And then it later comes out that she's actually working with the Essex Corporation, which is like the reveal of that in this movie is very funny because that name means jack shit to like what? I would say probably 75% of the people watching this movie. Oh, like, for sure. Th- there's like no way like and even like me as an X-Men fan like I, I am aware that that's Mister Sinister's like, you know, corporation. But like, it doesn't. I mean, didn't even remember because I think they referenced it in another. They reference it in one of the other X Men films, and I, I didn't. Think, I had to look it up too. I, I didn't think remember. in Apocalypse, that's like the the like tag on at the end Sting, of the movie. Yeah, um, that never went anywhere except for in this movie, I guess. But um, yeah, so they find they find out that that she is uh, like experimenting on them to kind of like give like like they would be then become part of Essex corpse and be killers or something. So that part of the, like the, the plot is dumb and bad, but um, so Mirage's power is that she can like manifest your, your deepest fears and make them real. Um, Ileana can, can teleport and also like make a, a sword out of magic. Um, Sunspot can like turn into, fire and shoot fire and cannonball can like propel himself into the air and wolf's bane can turn into a wolf you know what's weird i mean we can talk about it too but like i don't know how close it it hews to all the 
the powers in the comics and stuff. But like they implied with Cannonball that like he's he hurts himself because he's like in pain from what he did. Mm -hmm. And it was just weird to me because a lot of the time when you have a power with someone where they're like there's a concussive force or they're like they're like running into people or like they, they can like speed themselves up. There's sort of an element of like protection where like but they also don't break every bone in their body when they hit them. And it sort of implied almost in this that like Cannonball could fly all around, but he would get incredibly fucked up every time he hit something, right? Yeah, it was just like he got launched out of a cannon into yeah. a wall and broke. Which is weird because it's like the Flash. I think the Flash, they sort of retcon into saying that like there's a vibration happening where like he's able to punch someone and like he doesn't shatter when he hits them or something. But like mm -hmm. it just seemed weird. And, and maybe that's part of the, you know, the power that he's trying to, you know, to to focus on is like how to protect himself during it. But like, there's just totally moments where I was like, yeah, that if, if your power is truly like, you can go as fast as you want, but you will be horribly hurt when you do. That just seems weird to me. I thought the whole um, thing with, I thought the whole thing with him was that he could hit like while he's in the, like in the cannonball. Yeah. Like mode or whatever. Like he could just hit something infinite times and it wouldn't hurt him. It's that when he dismounts out of, that speed that he hasn't been able to like figure out how to land without hurting himself. So like, that's why he has like a cast on his arm yeah, and why he like is in so much pain when he like dismounts. Finally, it's that like when he's in the cannonball thing, he could just like hit something a bunch of times while he's going fast, but it's, it's the landing and like getting out of the mode. That's the problem for him. It seemed weird. It seemed like mm -hmm. it also didn't, uh, carry his character anywhere no it didn't uh, and like it, it's also a poorly written movie so yeah i feel like that's the problem with trying to ground a superhero and trying to make things believable uh you sometimes just make them a lot less believable like why okay if this guy's flying around uh why do you need to kind of explain the way that he stops flying around and that you know it's a danger it just seems seems strange and in this case did not add anything to it um mm -hmm. But I did like his accent. I liked the the three main accents that were in it. I liked his his southern accent. I liked the Russian accent, even though Robert oh, hates it. And God. I liked I liked uh, Maisie Williams's accent. I think my main issue with uh, Ileana's accent is that it just kind of disappears in certain oh, lines my. too. Yeah, uh, there's there's moments where it's just like it's just the cartooniest Russian accent, and then there's other moments where I can't. I it was like. And you know what? I was thinking, I was like, well, you know what? Reshoots, and they probably didn't remember exactly what they were doing. Right. But it sounds like this movie, they wanted to do reshoots and then, like, weren't able to really get them done. So I feel like a lot of this is just, like, how it was to begin right. with. I would believe that, too. Um, are there... So, are there any particular scenes that stand out to you guys? I think, like, the, the horror element of this movie, to me, is the smiley men. Like, the smiley men are... Kind of like they're yeah. designed to be creepy. They 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 are themselves a little bit creepy, and then like things like the demon bear show up, and like it's just like that is it's it's too corny and and CGI to really be, um, like truly and, scary and or effectual. Yeah, I agree. I like there's just like parts where like he just should have totally been been he's much more dangerous for like the characters that are not going to be able to survive than it is for the, the, the characters with plot armor, of course. Yeah. Um, the, the smiley men are, are creepy, but I think the creepiest element, unfortunately 
is that they sort of represent or are literally the people that were like taking advantage of magic when she was a kid. Yeah. 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 I'd say yeah, I I didn't I didn't like those guys. I didn't like the design of them. I didn't like that they tonally did not match the rest of the film. They didn't look but, like a thing. And is that I wonder if that's actually an X Men thing. Is there some I, I ball of weird people in Russia that that I, abused her? I looked up the Smiley Men at least. Uh, not really the full history of magic, but it looked like it, they were made up just for this movie. And, and how about, um, I mean, really, I did like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Max. They really don't seem to match uh, any kind of like Marvel comics What's, characters. And they really just seem more like a, like a slip, not scribble, like angsty teen. It's a, kind it's of, a corn, it's a corn cover album. Well, really? The, the, it looks so bad. The they, weirdest, they're less scary than just like stupid. The weirdest thing about them is they are like, to me, they, they look and are based on the hush villains from Buffy which they're literally watching in they the show. common room. Like, yes. They, so like they stole and like I didn't realize that they were made just for this movie. That even makes me madder thinking about it, that they created these fake villains for the movie that were ripped off from a show that they showed you on screen in the movie. I, <laughs> and you know what they could have done? And this is just my dumb pitch, but like, that could have been like it off. And it reminds her of what happened. And so it could be like, it could be that it's sort of like the, the Buffy villains are appearing, but what it's really in her mind is like, this reminds me of the people in my past that were, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like, no, it's like literally these, these are guys who, in these weird masks were the ones that attacked her. Right. Huh? They, these are, yeah, yeah. these are so, literally the people that. It, it just feels like never show, yeah, never show something better than the, than what you're making in your movie. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. If you can help it. Yeah. Um, gosh. So, um, I, oh, I also sorry, thought ahead. it was weird. I thought it was weird that they introduced Lockjaw, but as Ileana's puppet, uh, like Lock, Lock- Lockheed, Lockheed, that's right. Lockheed. Lockheed uh, Martin. I'm one of my favorite companies. <laughs> that's actually what his name is based off of. They, they named Uh-oh. Lockheed after the X jet or whatever. Uh oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, it's also is that... like, did she find what? What is the, what is the lore on that? Did she go to that that parallel universe and find him in there, or does so, she always had a puppet? Lockheed has always been more connected to Shadowcat, and he was introduced, I think, in the Secret Wars, and she finds him. He's like an an alien. Kitty uh, Pride. Yeah, Kitty Pride, Shadowcat. Mm-hmm. So she's. I mean, that's who he's always attached to. I think they're they do have um, some connection to Ileana, uh, but more to Shadowcat than to Ileana. And it's definitely not a, a character, like an imaginary friend of Ileana, the way it's portrayed in this movie, but just an alien that they run into in their space adventures. Why in this movie did they, it's obvious that the X-Men have been operating because they reference Xavier and stuff. In fact, they think that's who is the superior uh, in the movie at first, but um, why isn't Colossus like have tabs on his sister? Mm-hmm. Seems weird. Or like yeah, she would have mentioned like that this movie is. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think you're you're probably saying exactly what I am saying that they. It seems like the movie is almost like avoiding that idea that that is like they don't want to confirm that it's true. Um. 
Yeah. And more than, because I know you mentioned, Andrew, like the horror element seems to be the smiling men, but I actually thought the, I mean, it's a small scene, but I thought like um, Sunspot's uh, girlfriend was very creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, um, and again, it's it's few and far between. In fact, if you go and look, there's like a part in the trailer where, um, sorry, is it Moon Mirage? Mirage. Um, yeah. uh, she there's like a part where like all these faces press in on her cell, kind of like yelling at her. And I was like, oh, I wish there was more like. It's it's uh, I mean, because spoiler alert, like her power being what it is, she doesn't realize that she's sort of manifesting everyone else's fears within the hospital, um, which is an interesting element. And like for the horror element, it makes sense. But like, I wish there was just more general stuff. I wish like the doctor was experiencing stuff. I wish like no one realized that like suddenly the place was haunted because of her sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. Like it it the runtime of it is like 96 minutes or something. And like, it doesn't overstay its welcome in any major way. I mean, it but, couldn't really be shorter. So. Yeah. It also couldn't be shorter, but like it, you know, I, it, to me, it's like, it's the perfect length for it to not just like completely be like an absolute mess. Um, and I, but there's, there's stuff that could have been expanded on it. Maybe, you know, I know this was supposed to be the first of three movies, um, so maybe Jesus. they, maybe they would have done more <laughs> with it, but, um, yeah, I don't like, I think for like we were saying in the beginning for a movie that had so much, you know, whether or not it's earned or on purpose, like build up and because of the, you know, multiple times it's been delayed or whatever it's, it's. Like, you know, we've said, like, Robert, you said it before, the, the, the biggest sin of a movie is that it's boring and not that it's bad. And there's a just, like, a lot of chunks of this movie that are just kind of boring. And yeah, when they eventually get to the more interesting scenes, you know, the characters are just not well fleshed out enough for me to care all that much. Um, the only, like, literally the only character I was afraid for was Lockheed, which, you know, is, like, a, a dragon puppet or or a real dragon at certain points so i you know it's just it's not a particularly interesting movie but i was expecting more of a mess mm-hmm. and what i ended up getting was just something that was just kind of fine yeah and and since it's in the x-men universe i think you already don't expect a whole lot from it so uh like that's why really from there it it being hyped up as being so bad. Like I was expecting it to be way worse than all other X-Men movies, which are already very low on my list. And so the, the fact that it wasn't really there, that it ended up being more enjoyable than, than apocalypse for sure, which is the last X-Men movie I watched. I just, uh, wasn't as disappointed as I, maybe Robert, you wanted to watch it. So maybe that's why you're coming off as more critical of it. Guys, I'm just worried that we'll never play X-Men news again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that, yeah, Robert. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't say that. I, I, maybe I believe it. Um, it's just, I was a little more bummed, I think, than you guys probably. Um, shame that the the on-screen, like the, the lesbian romance between a couple of characters, mm-hmm. like couldn't be explored more and was also in this movie as opposed to like a better movie. Um 
maybe you guys are right that like, and maybe that's a maybe that's just like them saying like this is the film, this is the reshoots we want to make. They weren't able to make those, and then the sort of the original film, or at least someone's original film, basically still remains. But um, I think it was a mistake to advertise it as an X-Men horror movie. Honestly, I don't think it was scary enough to warrant that. I think there's scary and creepy things in other X-Men movies too. Um, I think that's just like an X-Men thing. I think like part of it is like, you don't understand your powers. It's inherently scary. Rogue kisses a guy and like sucks his energy out to mm-hmm. what he almost dies. Like that's, that's, that's part of the horror of it. Right. That like you're different in a way that can hurt yourself or others. Um, I didn't feel like the people's powers in this were, aside from one or two were like uh, so egregious that they weren't uh, they weren't scarier than other powers in a way like magic other than magic being like a killer. I didn't feel like she warranted being in there other than sunspot having trouble controlling his heat. I didn't feel like it was harder than other X-Men or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, it was basically just kind of a disappointment in in that sense. And um, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, Tying it also to Logan in a way with the there's allusions to that with like the superiors and stuff was also kind of a bummer to me because it's such a good uh, movie based on an X-Men character Mm -hmm. that it was kind of like it was kind of like it's kind of cheap. But I don't know. Maybe you guys are right. Maybe it's not. It was it was super boring. It was very boring to me. So maybe you're right that it wasn't like the train wreck I I expected it to be, but it's almost I don't know. Is it worse that it's also like just uninteresting? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My main, Maybe. my main disappointment came from Wolf's Bane in that she didn't turn into a werewolf. She was either a human or yeah. she was a wolf. And she was not. Ne- well, I was going to say she's never anywhere in between, but she does get hairy ears uh-huh. <laughs> and it looks really stupid. And that doesn't count at all. Also, but, um, there's a part where, magic's like hey you know there's just no bound like we can just leave whenever you want so um mirage like runs to try and get out and then hits the magical barrier um and uh her nose is bleeding and magic laughing at her and then she rushes magic and she teleports away and then when mirage sits up um there's no blood coming out of her nose that's a real big continuity snap damn it i hope you would notice that unless that's also a mutant power of hers I noticed another, I don't think it was even a continuity error, but it was really weird uh, where there was one scene where Ileana was definitely using Lockheed as a puppet on her hand and talking to him specifically. She rounds a corner and then he's in her pocket. And I'm just like that. And I know that in the movie, they were actually a couple of like rooms later. So she definitely had time to take him off of her hand, put him in her pocket but in terms of uh, visuals, it just was instantly off of her hand and it felt really weird. Yeah. I was just confused with that. Like, so it, it's like if anything happened to the puppet, was something happened to Lockheed? Did he just like chill in that other zone until she summoned him? Does the puppet go away when he's there? Like, I don't, well, I don't even know what his lore is. It was, Robert, just, it was just odd. Great It's question. hard to say when, when they change the lore for this yeah. movie, you only get what's in this movie, right? It'll be, it'll be because something it's, that is, 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 it's explored in the next two movies. <laughs> I'm just so excited to not have Fox X-Men anymore. I'm really excited to see what Disney does with it if they finally get back to making MCU stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um would you I mean so 
I I have a hard time saying people should rent the movie, but if this movie were to end up on like Disney Plus or HBO Max or whatever, would you recommend people watch it when it's available to them? For the X-Men completionist, if you've sat through Apocalypse and you've sat through Dark Phoenix, give this one a shot. Uh, Magic's got some cool armor on her arm and a laser sword. So check it out. Robert? Um, yeah, for for the completionist, maybe, but I, I found it pretty boring and I think it's kind of a disappointing end to... Yes, maybe the silver lining is no more uh, Fox X Men, and we'll see kind of what what Marvel does with the reins. But it was it was a disappointment to be sure. Could have been yeah. worse, but could have been a hell heck of a lot better. Yeah. So, um, I agree with Max that I think the X Men franchise is bad, and so this movie being sort of a middling movie puts it in the upper echelon of X Men movies so far. So, um. <clears throat> the idea that the last X-Men movie wasn't Dark Phoenix, I think this is a this leaves a better legacy for X-Men movies than Dark Phoenix. So, yeah, I if you're an X-Men completionist, if you really like these young actors and you kind of want to see something before, you know, um Anya Taylor-Joy became like a huge star or Maisie Williams when they're both a little younger than like, yeah, it, it you could it, it's not a terrible 90 minute movie but it's not it's not good and it's also not a if you're hoping to watch this movie because it's a train wreck you're also going to be disappointed because it's just it's a competently made movie it's just not very good so anyways that'll do it for us and uh we'll see you next time bye bye